You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Cross, And then uh, last Sunday night, we looked at the conditions at the cross. This morning, I'm going to speak to you on the subject, the cost of the cross. And tonight, the case at the crypt. And just looking at uh, everything going around uh, this, this emphasis, of course, on what the Lord has done for us. And, you know, it ought not be old hat. It should not be something, well, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, heard all the messages. Uh, we stop and think about the Lord and what he has done for us. It should just cause our hearts to just love him a little bit more. And just remembering all that he has done. Uh, you think about how we uh, deal with pictures. And pictures, they just cause us uh, to remember. And one, one image brings you back to another image and uh, another memory. And when we co- go and look at the Savior, we should be just looking at some memories. We should just be, uh, we should be uh, looking at all that he has done for us. So the cost of the cross. Let's look again at our text verses. The Bible says in Matthew 27, 45, Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. Now just, just stop and try to envision that. Just to think that, that from 12 to 3, all of a sudden in the midday, it went dark. If you were, if you were there, there would... There was a very real showing that something was going on. When you stop and think that here the Lord was on the cross and from the sixth hour, the Jewish day began at 6 a.m. So the sixth hour was noon until uh, the 12th, which would have been uh, the ninth hour there, uh, till, till 3. Uh, we see here uh, that, that darkness there, the sixth to the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And some of them that stood there when they heard that said, this man calleth for Elias and straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. And the rest said, let be, let us see whether Elias will come to save him. And Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. We know that when he cried up again, he cried out, it is finished. It is finished. Now here when these, when the Lord cried out, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, he was not using terms that were normal to the day. This was a Hebrew term. They thought he was calling for Elijah, the people of the day. It was common for uh, Koine Greek was the common language of the day. So they thought he was calling for Elijah. Uh, He was calling uh, for God uh, to save him. 
uh, he, when he said, why hast thou forsaken me? Not to save him, but uh, uh, he was crying out to the Father here. Uh, and so uh, here when we look at this, we see that there, there was some great costs that the Savior uh, had given uh, for us in this gift of salvation. I want you to see uh, several of them this morning. I want you to see, first of all, the humanity, the cost of humanity. You just think about it. God had to become man. God had to put on a, a robe of flesh. Go back in your Bible. We call it the incarnation. Uh, Luke chapter number 1 and verse number 30 uh, through 33. The Bible says, And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and shalt bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. In John chapter 1 and verse number 1, we read this about uh, the Lord as we are looking at this incarnation. Uh, the Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and without him was not anything made uh, that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Then you skip down to verse number 14, and it said, And the Word was made flesh. The Word, eternal God, eternal Word, is made flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse 3 says this, For what the law could not do, in that, that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. You see, Jesus had to become flesh for you and me. There was a cost for for God, uh, for us to be saved. There was the cost of humanity. Can you imagine being the Word of God, being God uh, in, in deity and in power, and then now uh, submitting yourself uh, to become one of your creation, uh, one of those uh, in humanity. Romans, or I'm sorry, Colossians 1.19, put it this way, for it pleased the Father that in Him should all, uh, all fullness dwell. You see, Jesus was, was all man, but he was still all God. You see, God became man. Colossians 2.9, For in him dwelleth all the, the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And Jesus, though he stepped into a robe of flesh, he did not take off his deity. He was still God. But there was a cost. There was a cost that the Lord had to uh, endure, uh, leaving heaven, leaving the praise uh, of the angels, uh, being, being with the Father, and now he has taken a sabbatical, if you would, a 33 and a half year long absence from the Father, and now he is down here in a robe of flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16 
The Bible says, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the, the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up to glory. Uh, we have an amazing God. But there was a cost. There was a great cost for the Lord uh, to come to this earth. The first great cost was humanity. God became man, the humanity. Secondly, I want you to see the humility. Take your Bibles, go to Philippians chapter number two. Philippians two and verses five through eight. Uh, the Bible tells us, let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross. What do we find here? We find humility. God humbling himself. Wow. I don't know about you, but I have a, I have a problem with that, humbling myself. I don't like saying when I'm wrong. I don't, like, I don't, I don't like to admit when I didn't do something right. When Mrs. Brown tells me I'm wrong, I don't like admitting that. She, I don't mind admitting she's wrong, but I don't like to admit when I'm wrong. But humility, but God who is perfect, humbled Himself. Humbled Himself, and made Himself of no reputation. It wasn't just that He came to this earth; He came to this earth with no reputation. You think about all that he had experienced, all of the praise. There is nothing that we can even imagine of what perfect praise looks like. He was used to that perfect praise. And yet, he set all that aside. And he became uh, a man. Uh, he, he became uh, obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And, and so he humbled himself, that great humility. 2 Corinthians 8, 9, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes uh, he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. You see, the Lord humbled himself, and he humbled himself to elevate us. He humbled himself to his own creation that he might make us rich, that we might be the beneficiaries, that we might be lifted up. Uh, we see that uh, in that humility, he was, he was termed not the son of God. He was termed and referred to himself as the son of man. Though he was the son of God, uh, yet 85 times in the gospel we find the phrase, Son of man. That was the term that the Lord identified to those around him as the son of man. Uh, and, and yet, he who should have been referred to as just only the son of God 
was referred to as the Son of Man. What is that? That humility. Jesus is identified in each of the the Gospels in a different way. Uh, Matthew shows him as the King of Kings. Mark shows him uh, as a suffering servant. Luke as the Son of Man. And John as the Son of God. Uh, But when Jesus referred to himself, he never referred to himself as the Son of God. He referred to himself as the Son of Man. Now, Sure, we know that uh, he, he told Nicodemus uh, about uh, the only begotten of the Father, uh, but, but when he was, I, when he was uh, telling who he was, he referred to himself as the Son of Man. Luke 19.10, we find the very mission uh, of the Lord when he came to this earth, the very mission of the Son of Man. The Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. The very mission, the identity, what he said the Son of Man was come for was the salvation of this world. And so we see here that he, he humbled himself the, and he called himself the Son of Man. He humbled himself and he was identified as a servant. Uh, he was the servant that went and washed the disciples' feet. The ones that were following him, he served them that perfect showing of servant leadership. We see how he was submissive uh, under the sovereign plan of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And and we look at uh, the determinate counsel there of God before the world was ever uh, established and built and uh, and that God ever even created. And yet God in his sovereign, sovereign plan he put that his son was going to humble himself. What an amazing God. Oh, what humility that the Lord had. He what, who was deserving of the greatest titles, the greatest accolades, uh, the, the highest honor. He chose not to declare himself or call himself uh, the Son of God. He was referred to as the Son of Man. So we see that God became man, uh, his humanity. Uh, we see that God became sin, his humility. He willingly, he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Just the humility. There was a great cost for our salvation. But it wasn't just the humanity and it was not just the humility. There were great hurts. Great hurts. The injustices Just think about how in your own life there have been some injustices where you felt wronged. And just think about how how hard it is to get over it. And the reality is most of us never get over it. They're still there. And they may not control us, but majority of them, they are just one word away from being right back in our face. One thought, one memory, one statement, the image of one person's face, and all of a sudden it all comes back. The hurts. 
Injustice brings great hurt. And when we think about how perfect and holy our Savior is, I almost said was, is, anything that was done to him, you think about all the injustices that were there. The injustices, the misunderstandings. Think about when the disciples said, Lord, this is a hard thing. And Jesus looked at him and said, will ye also go away? And the Bible says, from that time, many walked not after him. Many followed him no more. You think about just the misunderstandings. People didn't understand what he was saying. And because of that, they quit following him. I'm sure that that hurt. The injustices, the misunderstandings, the rejection. John 1.11, the Bible says he came unto his own and his own received him not. Just that rejection of the hurts that were there. You think about uh, when he was in the Garden of Eden, uh, I'm sorry, the Garden of uh, Gethsemane there in Matthew 26, uh, verse 36, the Bible says, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass for me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep. Saith unto Peter, What? Could ye not watch with me one hour? What do we find? We find that here when the Lord was in a very hard time in his life, the people that were the closest to him still let him down. What did they do? He was alone. He was alone. You know that word is a it's a very hurtful word. Sometimes we think about being alone and I'd like some quiet and you moms that have got kids running around and sometimes you feel like you're pulling your hair out and you're, you want to change your name so it's not mommy. You want to change it to a name your, your kids get in trouble for saying so they won't call you. Uh, and, and you know, you're, you're, you're wishing you might get just a little bit of relief. But there are people who are alone and would have loved to have someone around. You know, the Lord here in a very, in a very uh, pivotal time, he was left alone. So here we see that the, uh, the disciples, what did they do? Uh, in the Lord's greatest time, uh, he was left alone in some great times of need. Uh, the disciples slept. Uh, we see again uh, how the disciples were scattered. Uh, right after this, we are going to find that Judas, the betrayer, uh, is going to come, and there's going to be a mob that comes. And so we have uh, the, uh, the disciples, they end up scattering. Uh, Judas, we see a disciple. 
disciple who sold the Savior for 30 pieces of silver. Later we watch as Peter shunned, the disciple shunned the Lord. He didn't know him. He, uh, he said, I know not the man. You know, in a time of need, the Lord was left alone. Great cost. He knew that all of this was going to happen because he was God. But he took on himself our flesh. The Bible says that he was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. And so all of these hurts that he, he had uh, were there. You see, he came unto his own. His, his own received him not. God became man. We see the humanity. God became sin. We see that uh, humility. And God became a suffering servant. We see the hurts. You see, the Lord, when he purchased our salvation, there was a great cost. Our salvation is free, but it's free to us. Somebody had to pay. You know, we use the, the phrase down here, there's no th such thing as free lunch. Somebody's paying for it. The gifts that we have from the Lord, they came at a great cost. The salvation that he so freely offered it came at great cost. All of the blessings that we get to enjoy because we are a child of God, they came at a great cost. You know, that great cost of the cross should cause us to honor that gift because it was so expensive. You know, when you, you give a child a toy from Dollar Tree and it's laying around and you see it broke the next couple days, it's not that big a deal. But when you buy them something that's expensive and all of a sudden you see how it's being mistreated, it's offensive. It's like... Don't you even realize how much this thing costs? No, they don't understand how much this thing costs. But they don't value it because they don't understand the cost of the gift. I wonder if we don't cherish our salvation because we so casually look, well, it was free. The great cost of that gift should cause me to cherish it so much more. You see, the cost of the at the cross, the cost of the cross was so great. God, uh, the humanity uh, becoming, God becoming a man, uh, God becoming sin, the humanity, the humility, and the hurts. And may we not take for granted the Lord's gift of salvation. Now, if you're not saved this morning, don't reject the gift. It costs so much. He wants you to have it. Don't delay. Don't wait. Don't ignore it. Don't be like those who rejected it. Make sure that you receive it. 
Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. Thank you for your many blessings to us. And Lord, all that you have done for us on, on Calvary. And Lord, you, you purchased a gift of salvation for us. And we thank you uh, for the great cost uh, that you paid for us. And Lord, uh, we could, uh, in, our, in our inability to, uh, to point out all of the uh, wonderful traits and, and the great cost of salvation, Lord, uh, we fall so short. Uh, but Lord, I pray that you'd help us as your children, uh, Lord, to be able to uh, look heavenward this morning and just thank you for that great gift of salvation. Help us to cherish that gift that you have freely given to us uh, that cost you so much. Heads bowed, eyes closed, and you say, Pastor, I am saved. I've accepted that gift of salvation. Uh, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if I died, I'm going to heaven. Say, Pastor, I've already received that gift of salvation. I know that I'm saved. Uh, as, as, uh, as we just, uh, heads bowed, eyes closed, just hold your hand up as a testimony to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord all over the auditorium this morning. All right. Let me ask you another question. How are we cherishing that gift? How are we cherishing it? We're just going to take a little time of invitation. But let's just stop in our own mind. Tell the Lord thank you for that great gift of salvation. Try to convey to Him your thankfulness and your gratitude. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.